right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. I'm fired up, man. we got a very interesting topic today. Dude, man, we're going to be talking about all kinds of cool stuff. You fired up, Kevin? This is right in your wheelhouse, bro. Yeah, well, you know, I think everybody's got, you know, some kind of, you know, affinity for liking, maybe a love, maybe a crush on the old, you know, AC Cobra, the Carroll Shelby, you know, back in the day, going racing, tearing it up. You know, it's got a lot, a lot of history around these cars. Uh, you know, anybody that's seen Ford versus Ferrari, uh, you know, if you didn't know Great the history movie. already, right? Little update on all the GT40 racing, uh, you know, all this Carroll Shelby uh, nostalgia going on and uh, probably one of the sexiest cars out there. Uh, there's originals and then there's replicas. And we've got uh, a guest today who is an expert in Cobra. So it's going to be fun to pick his brain. Uh, you know, who, who's making what? What are all the differences between some of these replicas? How are they different from the original? So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, dude, especially when you're thinking about what that car is. No matter when or where you see that car, Dude, there's something about it that's just sexy. You know, it's small, it's compact, it's a two-seater. Uh, it's just all like, you know, it's, it's, you know those truck nuts that dum-dums used to hang off the end of their F-250s? Um, <laughs> it's, it's like a, a pair of those with wheels. Um, it's just, it is a righteous, cool ride, and they're always really fun. And, you know, it's amazing because every one of us, you know, has dreamt about driving one. Uh, we've had the luxury of, of wheeling a couple of them, and, man, they never disappoint. Really, regardless of what's under the hood, um, some more thrilling than others, that platform never seems to just kind of wow you, make you have some fun, smiles, and laughs because it is such a cool, cool, nostalgic and iconic car. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because, you know, there's a lot of us car guys, car people that understand the history behind it the nostalgic behind it you know the winning all of it and so for us it's oh, yeah. like wow that's that's a cobra uh but there's you know a whole slew of other people out there have no understanding of the history of it you know maybe they've seen one or, or two here or there to have nothing to do with carol shelby or anything else but they see one and they get just as googly-eyed as we do 
You know, like there yeah. is a natural sex appeal, sound, everything around a Cobra, whether you're a car person or not. Like everyone seems to rubberneck, turn their head, you know, and are attracted to that car. Uh, no matter how many times we've been in one, driven one, built one, you know, they're still like, wow, ooh, look at that. that that's nice. I, I wish I was driving. I got to ask you, are you going with side pipes or not? Oh, Side piping it or not? <laughs> if you were to have one, side pipes or not? Uh, yeah. It's one of the few cars. Yeah, it's one dude. of the few cars that like <laughs> side pipes are right. You know, like you can put side pipes yeah. on cars, and you're like, okay. yeah, you know, not so much. Cobra, yes. You know, it, there's something yeah. about the hips and the curves, and the pipes just kind of fit in right there. They they have that sound. They have that look. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, no doubt. I, I tend to agree with you. It is. You know, it's fun because. That car can wheel, man, and a lot of people and a lot of different platforms build them. But normally, that car, man, from you know, from its lineage, its, its heritage, it's it's just born and bred on the racetrack. And Carol Shelby, if you read the books and the history, the history about that man, um, and they depict it fairly well in in Ford versus Ferrari. He was straight Wild West cowboy style, man. He had a he had a killer go get him attitude. He didn't care who or what was standing in his way. He really. He really defied the odds in that regard, and and back in a time when you could do that, you could still stand on your your you know your DNA and and what you've been able to prove you know with your mojo and your bravado <laughs> on the racetrack and and you know the the sort of legend of Carroll Shelby as he came up through the ranks, but he definitely brought something unique to the table and and definitely made a lot of people's heads turn and and just you know he he was iconic in in that that era and that time and even today we look back at what he did and. We're kind of in awe about it. It's still as sexy as you can get today. Yeah, it, it's hard to repeat what he pulled off. You know, there was just yeah. there was just a big hole, and he stepped in it with his swagger, you know, and his visions and his dreams. He pulled the right teams together, and uh, he made incredible things happen. Uh, you know, it, like I said, it spins off into GT40s and winning Le Mans and, you know, all the things that went into it, um, you know, beating Ferrari. Uh, it's It's an incredible kind of you know, iconic sort of years. And it's amazing that this many years later, right, from the uh, late 50s, early 60s and whatnot, you know, racing into, um, uh, like I said, the, the Le Mans race, I think it was, what, 66, 67? I might get my years yeah, mixed yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're 60 years later, you know, 50-something years later, and it is still as cool, man. And, you know, I tell you what, there's a whole lot of cars I, I dream about owning, uh, driving, and I tell you what, Cobra is kind of one of those, you know, like. Oh, it's up in the list, bro. Yeah. I, I almost had one about three weeks ago. I, I came this close to pulling a trigger on one. Um, but, man, it was it was just a little underpowered for my my preference. I, I, I want a big block. And I want that old school 427 mm. <laughs> feel. I like that. I like that just nasty, like more like, you know, original, just gritty sort of old Cobra. There's some modern, you know, interpretations that are really wicked. Um, but I just, I tend to gravitate towards that nostalgic, um, you know, late 60s sort of vibe in, in that car. And I, I really, I, I love it. So I'll tell you what, when we come back, Jeff Grice, he's with Nostalgic Motoring Limited. This guy knows Cobras in and out. We're going to have him on, pick his brain. You guys stick with us. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're back after the break.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up. We have Jeff Grice. Now, the company, Nostalgic Motoring Limited, this man knows everything about Cobras. So, Jeff, what was it about Cobras that lured you in? What was it? Was it as a kid you saw one, you heard one, you got beat by one? Um, How did you come to love these crazy machines? Oh, well, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. I think, you know, as you and Kevin said at the top of the, the podcast, like everybody can resonate and associate themselves, you know, with the Shelby Cobra. I remember when I was in elementary school down the street, closer to the richer area, there was, you know, a red Shelby Cobra and it's like, gosh, what is that? And it's so unique and you don't see many of them. So just like all of us, you know, even the younger folks, you know, it, it is iconic, like a Lamborghini Gucci. Gosh, it is iconic. And we all recognize that we all, you know, can hear it, you know, coming down the road. But what got me into it back in 2000 is I had, you know, several different classic cars. I had a 68 Corvette with a big block in it. And it had 18,000 miles on it. And I didn't want to drive it because I didn't want to put any more miles on it. So I started researching the Cobra replica industry. I saw it in a magazine, studied up on it and, you know, bought my first Superformance Cobra back in 2001 so that's what got me got me into it nice so real quick tell us about yours uh superformance right there's a lot of different uh kit car companies out there replica builders uh superformance has a really really excellent reputation as being probably one of the top dogs out there i think it's hard to beat uh so you definitely picked a winner tell us about your configuration what'd you put in it did you put the big block in it did you put the small block in it what's going on yeah that's a great question so my first car was a 427 sc replica from superformance and back in that day everybody was doing big blocks kevin i mean that was the thing to do back in the early 2000s to keep it as you know to rumble to keep it as powerful and to keep it as you know authentic you know as possible um so you know i had a yellow and black one not traditional colors and it had a 460 565 horse ford motorsports racing motor in it it was a torque monster. I mean, it just pulled, pushed you back in the seat and absolutely loved it. But what's interesting is a few years later, you know, the, the, the purists softened a little bit and they started putting small block like 351 strokers in Cobras and found that a lot easier to work with, a lot cooler because the engine wasn't producing as much heat and they handled much better because, of, you know, the, the weight distribution. So in the mid 2000s, there was a shift from got to have a big block to, you know, a 427 stroker, you know, being acceptable. And that's what yeah. I have today in my current car. I have a, a Shelby Daytona Coupe with a 351 stroker in it. I was going to looking at right now that, that Daytona Coupe's my butter ramp. That's, yeah. That car is unbelievable. I am so torn between sunny days like Cobra all the way. And then other days, or just randomly, no, it's Daytona Coupe, brother. You know, I am a fan of both, and they are incredibly sexy as hell. 
Uh, so you've got the uh, the big inch small block in your Daytona coupe. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. See, I think back in the day, I probably would have done exactly the same thing. Went big block, you know. But as as kind of things have changed and evolved, and you get so much performance and cubic inches out of the small block, you know, I think I'm right lockstep with you jeff so far yeah. so we are we are eye to eye man you you are you're making good decisions and and i am very jealous of those good decisions <laughs> so give us the specs on it 535 somewhere in that ballpark 500 and change yeah exactly that's exactly what it is 535 horse and about 535 foot pounds of torque oh that's silly fun that's just a, that's and, silly. and the benefit is with you know the small block technology it gets the rpm so you get the torque and the RPMs, it, it just pulls. They're, they're great. Five speed, six speed. Uh, mine's a six speed. So any any regrets? Any regrets going from the Cobra to the Daytona Coupe? I miss I miss the four twenty seven SC style Cobra. You know, personally, I mean, it's a neat car. It's good to be out in the air, but your legs get sunburned when you're driving in shorts. You know, the, you get the smell, and you know, see, it's not a great car to take your, you know, girl to dinner or wife or, you know, it, because, you know, it's just not conducive for that. That's what's nice about the coupe. You can roll up the windows, you can hit the air conditioning, even though it's supposed to be period correct. It does have air conditioning and heat. So it is much more versatile. Um, so would I give it up? Uh -huh. No, I, don't, I, I wouldn't. It's going to stay in the garage forever, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you recommend for people that, you know, are interested in Cobras? There's so many brands, uh, and, you know, maybe you can walk us through, there's a spectrum on, you know, very much trying to recreate an original as close as possible. And then there's, you know, sort of shifting and putting some modern creature comforts, like you talked about AC. Well, you know, for people that aren't, you know, super enthusiasts or really, uh, you know, familiar with the cars, you know, they can be really small and tight for taller people. Uh, so how do you shop for uh, the right brand, the right combination of, you know, underpinnings, powertrains, all that sort of stuff. Where do you, where do you guide people? Yep. So th th that is the predominance of the calls that I get, you know, uh, very few people call up and say, I want to order a super performance or I want to order a backdraft or whichever, you know, Cobra that is eight out of 10 people, you know, are fascinated by the Cobra, know a little bit, started doing some research, but really never had that guide that you're asking about, Kevin, in terms of how do you make the decision? And it really starts with the individual, understanding their goals, what they want out of it. Because, you know, back in the day, everybody was going toward authentically correct, period, correct looking car. Today, it's very different. So, you know, I start the conversation with, you know, what are your interests? How are you going to use the, the, the vehicle? You know, how, you know, how true to the, you know, the originals do you want to be? How personalized do you want to make it? What are your thoughts on power? Because I'll tell you the, some, it's pretty binary. Some guys call up and say, got to have 600 horse. I don't care what motor it is. Got to have 600 horse. You ask why I want it. You know, other people just don't <laughs> care. And, and, you know, we make a re recommendation. So it's getting to know the individual, you know, what, what their interests are, how they want to use the car. And then I go into it and then also budget, because that makes a big difference. Because a lot of people think, because they see these kit prices, you know, $18,000 or $25,000, they think, well, maybe for 30, I can get a brand new Cobra. So it is a very much an education process. So 
I'll talk through, like you said, Kevin, the, ver the various types, and they do work into different categories. The premier kit is Factory 5. I mean, they've been in business for a long time. They make a great kit. It is purely a kit. You get a crate and you really have to know what you're doing, you know, to assemble that vehicle. But that's for the guy that wants to do it, like father and son projects. Or, you know, we have several people in our club that did, actually four or five that did it as retirement projects, believe it or not. Some of them didn't even lift a wrench in their life. So, you know, we <laughs> talk through, you know, the, the kits. And then there's the group of Cobra replicas that... Um, our low volume production cars like ERA, like Kirkham, like Contemporary, like Unique, that all, each of those companies focus on period correctness and authenticity. And they're all unique in their own right. So I talk through, you know, those differences. But again, those are also, you know, kits that somebody is going to have to take and assemble. And not everybody has the desire, the patience or the ability to do it. Then we roll into the fully manufactured replicas, which, you know, is, is Shelby American makes one. It's actually made in the same factory as Superformance Cobras, separated, hmm. but actually in the same factory. And you've got then the Superformance replicas and then the backdraft Cobras. Then I get the question is like, well, then what's the difference between those? And the answer is the Superformance and the Shelby version are very, very similar, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, a replica, and we'll, we'll touch on Superformance in a second. The backdraft is, is more for the guy that, you know, is wants comfort, looking for a grand touring feel to their car, not necessarily that authentic sports car feel, which, you know, I love, not everybody loves that. And the backdraft, super high quality, but it's built, and it's built on a BMW suspension. So in your BMW guy, so imagine you're in a you know Cobra shell with a 560 you know horse motor, and the suspension is you know out of your BMW M4 or M3. That's how the BMW rides, and some people absolutely love it, and they say, "Yep, that's what I want." And then mm. the Superformance is candidly a little bit higher quality in terms of manufacturing. It is far more period correct and aesthetically correct. And it is, you know, far more of a sports car feel. So, you know, that's the, you know, the kind of the walk through the various levels of replicas, you know, that I have with somebody that calls me up and wants an education. And, you know, th this is like a half an hour conversation just on this part of it with, you know, somebody that's interested. And, uh, yeah. and can, can you um, tell me what those power ranges are? You said more of a sports car, a little more pure as far as the, the racing heritage or, or something along those lines. What are the, what are the power numbers uh, between the two? What's the differences? Well, that's a great question. You know, so back in the day, I mean, these cars were only, you know, low 400 horsepower, but I mean, back yeah. in the day, that was a tremendous amount of horsepower for 20, yeah, we're weight 2000 pounds. 20, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so in, in superformance and backdraft, Willie, you can put in almost any motor you want. So you can put in a, you know, a, a 460 Ford, a big block. You can put in a 427 side oiler. You can do the 320, I'm sorry, uh, 351 board and stroke to 427. You can do coyotes and you can do wow. automatic, you know, uh, dual clutch transmissions now. So the options are endless. I, I would say, because I know where you're going with horsepower, 
The ma- the most horsepower I've seen in a Cobra was from two guys in our car club. They they raced to have the most horsepower. Not really raced, but raced to have the most horsepower. And they were doing about 900. Wow. In a 2400. They were breaking axles any, every time they got up. Yeah. But I've I've drove one with those coyote engine as a platform and those man that makes a really nice combination super smooth and really love the RPM and that mid high end power is extraordinary in a in a light nimble car like that you could really take advantage of it I, I'm sure that's a pretty hot combination um, for you guys and and for builds it, it is and it, it's hot because it's become such a popular and well known motor and because it's become more accepted. 10 years ago, if you had a, a Coyote and a Superformance, you couldn't sell it. It was a dog. Today, there's not that many of them, but there is a butt for that seat. I mean, it's oh, yeah. becoming accepted. Um, and the other thing is for the guy that, you know, there's some guys that worry about maintenance and they'll ask me about, you know, uh, the aftermarket EFI setups um, and you know, what do they have to learn and do. The benefit of the Coyote is you can pull into a Ford dealer and have them plug in the computer. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So if the engine check light goes on, you just pull, pull into Royal Brian Ford, they plug in the computer and we'll tell you what's wrong with it. And what are you guys ringing those coyotes out to? You guys um, put 500 down on those? Yes. And they can go to 600. Ooh. So you can get the horsepower out of them. And certainly you get the res. And, you know, for the guy that doesn't want to shift anymore in his life and, you know, with all the hype what? with the clutch transmissions. What, what well, guy is that? There are. <laughs> no, Not, we get no, it. We, we get it. We're we're, we're third pedal guys, but we, we get it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's becoming accepted again. Just like coyotes ten years ago, if you had an automatic ten years ago, that car would not sell. Today, there's more and more people that want them because of you know the the high end hypercars are you know mostly dual clutch you know paddle shift, and it's becoming accepted. I mean, you mentioned at the top of the podcast, you know, personalizing the cars and, you know, making them more about, you know, your own than what somebody else may want when you go to sell it. That That's what's happening today is, you know, so there, there's a school of people that they want that authentic car and they want it to be as, you know, correct as, you know, possible. Then there's, you know, people that I just want to be able to get out and have fun and be able to drive it and not have to worry about it. Then there's, you know, a group of people that they want to customize it up with, you know, the fancy leather interiors and the different colors and the blackout packages. But that's all okay because, you know, it's their car. And, you know, that that's great that they now have the tools, the different, you know, models and brands that they can do that with. Yeah, it's amazing the last 20 years how big the spectrum of has gotten. You know, from the great options. We said every one of those powertrains we've talked about, all awesome. You know, almost every one of the cars you talked about from being really true uh, replicas to, you know, customizing out, all sound awesome. And, you know, different transmissions and everything else. Uh, it sounds like they're, they're let's say, mostly all very acceptable out there. So if you built mm-hmm. one that, that you liked a certain way, you could, you know, find, like you said, a button, a seat for it uh, to get rid of. Uh, so, yeah, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about some of those customized Cobras because you don't see a lot of those, right? You see a lot that have maybe wheels and, you know, you can pick certain things within the, a very short list of, let's say, acceptable Cobra mods. But, uh, you know, Willie and I, and, and I'm sure you have seen plenty of, you know, at SEMA and through other builds and friends uh, of some of these custom ones. And some of them actually look pretty cool. Some of them might be a little bit farther out than I would go, but... 
yeah, I'm gonna take a break and, and talk about some of the guys that are breaking the rules, bending what it is to have a Cobra. And also, when we get back, you're gonna tell us what combination you take in your Cobra. I already got mine. You tell us yours. We'll be back in just a minute. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. Kevin Bird, Willie B. We're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Jeff Grison from Nostalgic Motoring Limited. He's talking Cobras because he knows everything about Cobras. We're going to pick his brain about a few other cars here in a minute. But I feel like we got to go to Kevin Bird. Kevin, he gave us a couple options. He gave us the 427. He gave us... The small block that you can get a lot of, you know, a lot of power out of, a lot of cubic inches out of. Then he gave us the Coyote. And he gave us the manual transmission option or, you know, the dual clutch setup with the paddle shifters. What's your combination? All right. I think if I had to pull a trigger, I'd go Daytona Coupe. I'd probably do a big inch small block, 427, Windsor build, uh, some kind of EFI, but to look kind of nostalgic, look somewhat period correct you know uh definitely do the uh the manual six speed would be great that new tko five speed would be just as awesome and i think i wouldn't necessarily constrain myself to being uh pure replica i'd have to do some customization maybe not too radical but it would definitely be like yep that's birds right there uh-huh that's got a yeah. stamp on it <laughs> how about All right. you All right. where you at where you at I, you know, I'm going to go with a a, a blacked-out, completely murdered-out Daytona Coupe as well, 427, 5-speed, um, and just ugly and nasty. I, 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 wanna, I want some of that custom stuff too, but I, wanna, I do want AC. Sorry, I'm just going to roll with AC. Um, but outside of that, man, I want a little flair added to it. Um, I definitely want some stickers, some aggressive you know, anything aggressive I can get to, I'm going to ring that car out. I'm going to drive that car like I stole it and somebody's trying to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what was your engine again? What, what motor? 427, baby. The big block? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, big block. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't fault you. I can't. I'm going with that. Uh -huh. I'm going with that big block, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I, 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 I'm torn because that, that is the kind of, you know, that's what's in my head. That's what I visualize is that big block 427. But when I get in a car, you know, if I could do some things that make it handle and ride better, ooh, that's a tough, that's a tough one. So I'm leaning yeah. towards that little bit lighter weight, little little front end, you know, dancing and, and steering and dicing it up a little bit, a little bit harder. So that, that's where I'm at. But I'm with you. We'll yeah. go head to head though, because we'll be in that same similar power. You know, but I might just carve you a little bit tighter in the corners. Oh, I think so. Shoot. That's okay, man. I'll be drifting as I'm waving by, <laughs> going by you. Yeah, what up? <laughs> Sounds like a good time to me, though, man. So, Jeff, you probably got to drive uh, and and just, you know, play and get to know these cars throughout the years. Um, is there a couple gotaways in your world? Have, have you uh, had an opportunity to score a couple, you know, iconic ones or – uh, collector ones and, and you slip through your fingers have you had any that that got away from you uh I'm, i feel like a man in your position has some severe opportunity fall in his lap <laughs> that's that, that's a great one um you know not not a lot that come to mind you know uh, on, on unrelated to cobras you know the one got away was when we were shopping for a um c c3 corvette 
And uh, I was down at a popular dealer in uh, Napoleon, Ohio. And there was a 19, this is back 25 years ago. There was a 1970 red Corvette with 5,000 miles on it. And I think he wanted $30,000 for it, pure authentic. And I had like 20, you know, so it's like today I, I kicked myself because like for 10 grand, I could have had literally a brand new, you know, 1970 red Corvette. And I still think about that one today. So I guess that is my, my it got away from me. I got a, I got a 73 silver 454 four speed sitting right over here ah, behind yeah. the 68 Charger. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> um, together, man. <laughs> uh, you're right though. There's some, some about those smaller cars. What is it, you know, in your opinion, you know, that makes those so popular, even with youngsters today? Cause it's, it's not a lot of cars have that generational appeal, but this is definitely one of them. Yeah. The Cobras do the, you know, the, the early Corvettes do. Um, I, I think because they're, they're an iconic look. I mean, the, the style, you know, back, you know, of like your car, Willie, and, you know, back in the day, just it's, it's an attractive style that is, is timeless. Um, you know, that people resonate with. It's an interesting thing that that timeless design, and it's hard to know because you could see a design in any, you know, era of time and think, Oh, that is, that's amazing. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then, boop, you know, 10 years later, it's old news, you know, but some of these just stick, you know, and, and they yep. stick no matter what sort of generation of, you know, next kids and, and so forth pop up, they go, wow, you know? Uh, and yeah, these Cobras are definitely one of them. And tell us a little bit about price, because I'm curious where you see the, the, so, you know, if you just take a bell curve and say, okay, there's the upper end uh, with some of these models, here's the lower end. Where about do you see that price? If you were to look at a Haggerty value line, you know, they give a good graph sometimes as to where the value of those cars are, are headed and what the sort of next three to five years outlook may be. What do you see in that car's future uh, for the next three, five, and 10 years? That, that's a gr that is a great question. So let, let, let me ground it with a, a case study of mine. When I bought my two-year-old Superformance back in 2001, I paid $38,000 for it. The car brand new, it was a year old, uh, an attorney owned it. He paid $45,000 for it. That car today, you know, 22 years later, would still sell for probably 50,000, more than it, than it cost. 12, 15 year old Superformance Cobras are selling today for more than the owner paid for them back in the day. So, well, well that, 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 that trajectory is going up. I mean, who I would have never thought it back then. And, and you, you guys are in the business. You can't think of a classic car as an investment. You don't do it for that. But the reality is it's become a good investment. Uh, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and even in the last two years with supply and demand, that, that trajectory has even gotten steeper in terms of, retain value because the the amount of inventory that's available either pre-owned or new inventory through the manufacturers has shrunk unfortunately like everything else and what's that what that has done is the interest hasn't the demand hasn't right. people are more and more excited you have the ferrari ford versus ferrari movie that you know it, you know uh, exploded you know with interest now the demand is bigger than it ever has been. So what's happening with prices? There are they are at at the absolute peak, Willie. 
And I and I think it's, to your point, where's it going to go? You know, who knows what's going to happen in the next year? And we, you know, that's an entirely separate podcast. But yeah, right. you know, with demand still being there, I, I think they're going to continue to hold value. So, which have you seen gain the most? The Cobra replica, like the MK3, or the Daytona Coupe? Which which seems to have the the better trajectory? Um, they're they're both they're both very very strong. There's far more of the 427 SC Superformance replicas around. Um, you know, but I think it's pretty pretty much about the same. I know my car, my Daytona Coupe. I bought it when it was a year and a half old. It's worth. It's doubled. I could sell it for you know double what I paid for today. Wow. So that, that's pretty much the same trajectory. Well, it's interesting because you know if you think about a lot of classics, there's only so many of them left. You know, so if you got a demand and there's only so many, right, the value goes up. They're still yeah. making these kits all day long or making new cars, you know, to fill in that demand. But the demand is still sort of outgrowing uh, as fast as we can produce these things. So, you know, I don't see them blowing up, uh, you know, sky high because you can just make more. But like you said, you know, as long as there's limitations on, you know, getting these things out in the market, uh, they're going to hold value or even do better, which is a great, you know, car investment by anybody's standards. It, it is. So what is a new M, what is a new MK3 cost nowadays? If you were to come in and say, hey, I want that traditional 427 setup. Are we looking, you know, I imagine it, I could easily see it at, you know, the 70 to 80, $85,000 range, given th- the environment that's out there today. Where where does that thing set at? So a Superformance um, 427 SC style, the MK3, you know, with, with you know a 500-ish horsepower motor, manual transmission, is going to be about 110, 115,000 today. Completed. Oh, yeah. Wow. The, the the backdraft, you know, similar car, similar drivetrain, is going to be probably around 90 completed. Okay. So. Man, yeah. wow. Yeah, they have gone up. Yeah, they they really have. But so is the desire. And therefore, you know, in, in order to meet that and, and keep up with it, that's that's the price you're going to pay. But any car that's, you know, handles, that has the cool appeal and the swagger like Jagger like this thing does, that's not a a bad price nowadays when you're looking at a, you know, a crossover that's costing you 60, you know, or a pickup truck that's costing you 110. So, yeah, um, it's uh, it's crazy to think, but that's just kind of where we're at. But, man, you're getting you're getting a lot of cool points with that one. You may not have a trunk, but, man, you're packing cool points like, like U-Haul. Yeah, exactly. And to the point on supply, <laughs> that's good, is supply and demand. I mean, the, the 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 factories are producing. They're back full production, both backdraft and superformance. You know, they're they're working at producing more units per month. They're both sold out for the next year. So, I mean, the the you know, notwithstanding the economy, I mean, the demand is eclipsing. You know, the production capability. That's impressive. Um, and I don't see that changing. It will. It will. It's softening a little bit right now, not because of. Cobras, but because of you know the economic and political environment, but it will pick back up. It's just a question nice. of how many it, months. From it's now. uh, it's it's encouraging, you know, because uh, you know, I love seeing these cars out there, but it's it's great to see that the enthusiasm for cool cars isn't dying out. You know, especially as we're switching into EV, like right. there's still that love, that passion for that rumble, for that sexiness. So, uh, amen. 
Amen. Now, Jeff, we really appreciate you coming on. Now, uh, you know, Jeff is not only, you know, with uh, Nostalgia Motoring Cars uh, or Motoring Limited. He is the president of the Great Lakes area. So I met him through the Cobra Club. So this guy is all about this Detroit area, the whole sort of Midwest Cobras. Uh, and he's vice president of J.D. Power. This guy knows a lot of stuff. So we appreciate all the insight that you brought today, Jeff. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, man. Definitely appreciate it. Where do people find out more about Nostalgic Motoring Limited? Um, you guys on social media, kind of give us the rundown where people can find you guys. Yep. So um, our website, NostalgicMotoringLimited.com. Uh, you can contact me and, and if you guys want to share my email address, but my phone number is 586-489-5990. Give me a call. Happy to chat up anytime. Yeah, man, if somebody's looking for a Cobra or a replica, you could kind of get them in the right direction? Absolutely. That's that's awesome. That's a good job to have, man. You put a lot of smiles on people's faces, that's for sure. <laughs> that's what's the fun about it. Exactly right. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thanks to our guest, Jeff Grice. He's with Nostalgic Motoring Limited. Make sure you check out our show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming service. Great resource, the finest. Thanks to our guest, Jeff Grice. Our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He is Kevin Bird, and I'm Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, and don't forget, check out our website, too, at twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us on social we're everywhere at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted 2022, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Man. Cool, Jeff. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah. Good. Good to meet y'all. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, what's the most common color people are asking for in the Cobras? Uh, right now, black, and uh, there's a blue that's from Porsche. It's called Dark Porsche Blue. It is an outstanding color on a Cobra, but we've probably done six of those, this, both six black and six of the blue. Stripes are out. Most guys are asking for stripeless cars. Um, mm. It's amazing how things change, but yeah, yeah, those are the most popular colors. I would have thought stripes would still be holding strong, but yeah, well, it, 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 It's a trend. You know, there's still the guys that want the stripes, but it's just fascinating. The number of people that, you know, yep, black love it, disorder it for us. <laughs> nice. That's how I do it, man. That's how I do it. Awesome, Jeff. Right on, buddy. Thanks for the time. Okay. We'll see you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.